Welcome to episode eight of the Flow Ninja podcast. Jody Dean's Flow Ninja podcast, bringing you comedy, consciousness, creativity, natural health and well-being. Hi, it's me, Jody Dean. If you don't know me, I'm a body, mind, spirit coach and mentor. I also call it spiritual coaching. I'm a speaker, an actor, a digital marketer and content creator, and I make videos, I'm a YouTuber, and I'm an author, as well as making podcasts. In this episode, I talk to Zuma Puma, um, who is a sacred clown, and yeah, she brings incredible energy and dynamism and yeah, what a fabulous conversation I had with her. Um, she has so much to give. She's doing amazing work in the world, working with all different kinds of people, spreading the love, spreading the fun, spreading the play. I mean, what more could you ask for, really? So <laughs> um, really hope you enjoyed this podcast interview. Also, just a shout out for Patreon. Um, it's a way that you can support this podcast and uh, help me continue to uh, have these conversations with great people and minds and uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash flow ninja to support and without further ado here is Zuma Puma Today, I am talking to Zuma Puma, director of Clown Life. She's a comedian, a clown, a life coach, a wellness facilitator, and runs international creative performance residencies and clowning workshops. Welcome to the podcast, Zuma. Thanks. Thanks, Jody. Thanks for having me. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. How are you doing today? Yeah, great. I guess first question is, what do you do and who are you? Well, um, yeah, thanks for your brilliant introduction. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a clown facilitator. I run a company called Clown Life and my focus is on well, wellness and clown. So bringing clown and wellness together, mm. focusing on well-being, um, what is clown for your life, for your performance, for your art, for your work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and basically I just dedicate my life to clowning, to play, to laughter, to uh, comedy, uh, humor, but also to um, other principles of clown, which are around authenticity and vulnerability, mm. communication, yeah, mm. the keys of heartful living. So, um, so I run workshops and residencies and... Uh, yeah, just workshops, residency around the world, internationally, um, ranging from a couple days, a couple hours, to week-long, to month-long, whatever, whatever is being offered, asked of me. <laughs> so wow. it comes in a lot of range, versati versatile, mm. you would say, yeah. 
So fabulous. Um, yeah, you're really out there and doing it, living the life. Yeah. The clown life. Yeah, I'm pretty committed. Yeah. To living the clown so. life. Yeah. <laughs> so having, having seen all your Facebook or some of your Facebook updates and updates in mm-hmm. general, and like doing a workshop here, workshop there, performing here, residency there. It's like, wow. Yeah. Girls on fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty full on. This year especially. Actually, the last three years have been a pretty nonstop time just traveling around the world so generally being in the UK around four months a year and then Canada Mm -hmm. around four months a year and then a hot country for the remainder sounds good of the year and the four months um yeah so this year I was in Australia right you were at the the fringe right yep yeah I went to the Adelaide fringe so uh yeah I brought my one woman show there which is called don't do it don't do it do it and it's a feminist solo clown show, mm-hmm. but really about celebrating and, uh, yeah, c- celebrating the vagina. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's the, my show is all about celebrating the vagina. So, uh, and, and bringing in, yeah, I guess all genders into that mix. It's not a man hating feminist show. It's a right. man loving, human loving, it's a human loving feminist show. Yeah, that points out um, just the the kind of conflict or the struggle with the patriarchy that we all experience. So, yeah, but it's all about celebrating the vagina. So I took that to Adelaide Fringe and Edinburgh, actually, as well. Oh, um, yeah. So how did that go? Yeah, it was great. You know, I kind of miss it. I'm like, I got into a role um, and now I'm in withdrawal. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've got I've gotten to a point where I love the show. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I love it. It's like my favorite thing to perform at the minute, and um, yeah, so I miss it. So I'm looking forward mm. to organizing more shows coming up soon in London, Bristol. Mm. Just to create a little a mini tour, but I'm also just kind of swamped with admin right mm. now and wanting to focus on. Um, putting dedicating my energy to creating a more a consistent program for my students because there's a number of people who want to uh, train more intensively and just really take the next step and I want to so my focus right now is delivering that to those students and those friends really that I want to work with more intensively and build a show with them or help them devise and develop solo shows, group shows. Mm. Um, so that's where most of my energy is right now. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I think I feel like I've traveled enough this year. Mm. Mm. Although I'm probably still going to keep traveling. Mm. <laughs> Nomad lifestyle, huh? Yeah. Yeah, itchy As feet. The nature right. of my work. I just say yes. Basically, I just say yes to opportunities uh, so someone's like come and teach a workshop in berlin and i'm like all right yeah <laughs> i'm on route you know yeah. and then i'm there and then that happens yeah yeah and that's kind of what happened in australia as well um yeah and la as well it was just you know offered a to run a asked to want to run a workshop or a residency mm. and then i think oh, i'll bring my show and then 
you know, and then it becomes this epic tour. Mm. So. The performer lifestyle. The performer, yeah. Yeah. This performer and also facilitator. Yeah, totally. Lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, it must be, you know, it's unusual to, for most people to conceive of someone, you know, doing that with their life, you know, because most people are, are in a mm. job, you know, in one location, mm -hmm. um, you know, for most of the year, and then they have their, you know, few weeks holiday, and, and then, yeah, that's it. So you're, you know, on the other end of the scale completely. Yeah, this is a very good point. This is a very good point. I often forget about that mm. uh, just because of the, my friendship circles. And mm. yeah, and then, you know, for instance, yesterday I went to a, a coffee shop and it happened to be in a church. And then I found myself at the end of someone, you know, of this community's worship practice. Oh, yeah. And they invited me for sandwich for a sandwich. Oh, really? And I thought, yeah, great, a sandwich, for sure, I'll stick around, <laughs> woohoo, like, coffee comes as free sandwich, mm. and, uh, yeah, and then I got talking to the pastor and the pastor's wife, and, and I just, it, yeah, I always forget how unusual my life is until I talk to, you know, people who are, mm. like, living, working the nine-to-five, and, um, or also, but their life is quite unusual, I think, mm. being a pastor and a pastor's right. wife, right, to a, a church. I have no idea what religion this church was, like, right. yeah, <laughs> can't tell you anything. Um, but, you know, maybe they'll listen to this because they grabbed my details. But, oh, really? yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. but um, yeah, it was just interesting, like, the just the disbelief of like really and right. then you a clown and that takes you around the world and yeah. what does this look like what does it sound like yeah what is that how how where do you what do you mean and yeah. i'm like wow oh yeah i guess when you're not living in it uh people don't have the reference points at all yeah the experience or anything yeah. Just can't conceive because they're living in their bubble, right? I mean, we're all living in a bubble. We're all living in a bubble. Yeah. I mean, I'm living in such a bubble, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, so you have this church thing that you run, and it's mostly on Sundays, <laughs> but then other times you do things too, maybe? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's such a... That's another bubble. I don't know anything... Yeah. Not my world of bubbles. No. Well, you know what? Yeah. I think that a lot of people would aspire to your kind of lifestyle, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. So you're living down it. The, meet down the middle, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, just like traveling and working, you know, in, in, in great places and, yeah. you know, and, and interacting with people. And, you know, it's not like you're just working on a computer or whatever. It's like, you're, no. you know, you're really working with people and, and kind of getting the best out of them, you know, in the workshops yeah. and all, and the performing when you're helping them do a show and all of that. So it must be very rewarding as well. Yeah. I would say that, yeah, these things are the best thing about this job mm. or what I do is that I'm always in, whenever I am traveling to a new location, I'm always in an amazing, beautiful place. Mm. Like I'm always in some stunning, <laughs> amazing place. And then working with like really inspiring, interesting mm. individuals, you know, like 
even if it's a, a, a kind of corporate entity that's bringing me in, it's only the most unusual business that would want me to come and work with their colleagues, you know, or it's only the most like unusual theater company mm. or most unusual university that's like, yeah, clowning is really going to benefit our students. Like, so it's generally a pretty progressive mm. um, atmosphere. Like the communities that I work within are, yeah, really with it, really on it, quite alternative, really fascinating individuals or groups. Uh, and I think that that's, yeah, I love that I spend my time with, you know, fascinating, unusual people. That mm. I think everyone's fascinating and unusual. And so I think, and that's the nature of my work is bringing mm. that out. Right, like pulling out what's unique, what's ridiculous, what's brilliant about you as a human of the world. Because mm. for me, that's what clown is. It's you amplified. It's not like an actor where you're playing someone other than yourself. Mm. It's accepting all of who you are, how you're mm. seen, and and then laughing at that, and then bringing that out, and finding the comedy or the humor of play. You know, playing the humor of what that is. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like an absolute training in self-mastery. Mm. Yeah. To mm. lighten up the life, to lighten up a performance, to receive the laughter, mm. to receive the love. Mm. Yeah. So I'm always, you know, I love people. So that's what's great about <laughs> this work. <laughs> Is like it's all about people. Yeah. And um, it would kind of suck if you didn't like people, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it's interesting because there's a lot of people I really don't like, you know, <laughs> mostly in politics. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh. but I would love to do a workshop with them because then I think I'd like them more. Clowning for politicians. I would love that. You know, it'd be a dream of mine to do a clown workshop with Trump or something, you know, or Boris Johnson. Well, they call That'd him be... um, Bojo the Clown, don't they? I mean, it would be brilliant. <laughs> I think it might be, be up, his, so up, up good. history. Do you know what? I walked past him the other day. Oh, yeah? What yeah. was that like? Well, I didn't even know it was him. Okay. It was bizarre. Huh. Because he, uh, Just he lived like in Ealing. <laughs> well, I mean, this is it. Like, he lived right. in Ealing, right? He's, he's now moved to Downing Street. Mm-hmm, but he was mm-hmm. living in Ealing and just up until and, and after he became Prime Minister. And my friend Passy um, basically lives where he often would have a coffee and read All the right. paper. Okay. Right? And I met up with Passy, right? And we were walking back to his flat and he's like, oh, you know, you just walked past Boris Johnson. Because I saw this guy in the corner oh, yeah, of my yeah. eye reading a paper and I didn't think anything of it, right? Because right. like, it's just some guy reading a paper. And then he's like, yeah, that... He's just he's there. He comes for a coffee on a Saturday morning, a Sunday morning. And now he's got ten hours a day to spend at the coffee shop. <laughs> well, he's on. Well, he's yeah. Suspended Parliament. Oh yeah, for right. Next yeah, five weeks. Yeah. 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 So he'll probably be there daily. Yeah. <laughs> all day. Well, we can approach him and go. Yeah. Hey, you want a clown workshop? Yeah, I think he is the clown workshop. You know. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we'd love him more if he ha- was wearing a red nose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you've hit the nerve on the head he, there. And if he I had less power. Hit, hit. So yeah. if he didn't have power to control 
our lives yeah. and the way things are run. But he got to wear a red nose. I think it'd be some pretty entertaining. It'd be some pretty entertaining work out there. Mm, yeah. For him. Make him into a fictional character and and then feel just pure enjoyment watching him rather than going, oh, he's affecting my life and messing things up. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. I mean, I don't know yet. I don't pay enough attention to politics because I don't live in any one country. I live in so many countries that no. I don't. It's like it doesn't affect my life totally. Mm, yeah. No, yeah. Yes, it wouldn't, would it? It's, yeah. And my life is already so alternative and mm. bizarre. I mean, it will affect, Brexit will definitely affect my life because mm -hmm. I facilitate a lot in the in um, in Europe and I've got a UK passport. Oh, I see. So yeah. I'm a dual citizen to the UK. With Canada, and, right? Yeah, with Canada. Yeah. And this is technically where I'm a resident of. You know, I pay taxes in the UK, so I'm technically... Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm a responsible clown. <laughs> I'm a clown who pays taxes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then and then I do do things over in Europe quite a lot. Right. So, uh, it, it could potentially affect me in that. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not a politics podcast, is it? <laughs> is it rolling? I just made it just for a second. <laughs> Wait, have we been recording? Are we, st have we started? <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, so I like, also want to make it clear to the listeners that, um, that you know, your work isn't just for people who are performers. No, 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 no. Um, no, not at all. I love working with other people. I was going to say normal. <laughs> the normal people. But it's not always it's not the normals who come do a clowning workshop, is it? It's uh, people, no, people uh, who are interested to shake up their life, to bring mm. some more lighthearted humor, mm. to be, to live more authentically, to mm. communicate better, yeah. to, to um, be seen. Yeah. You know, that seems to be I've been reading so many articles lately, especially after Brené Brown's incredible research that came out the, uh, I don't know five some five years ago, ten years ago mm. around uh, the power of vulnerability, mm. the importance of vulnerability in the workplace um, and in life. Mm. And she's been doing some really uh, amazing research there. And just off the back of that, I feel like, wow, there's been this awakening of people wanting to be more human, mm -hmm. just to recognize, like, I'm not fake, I'm, you know, there's so much, like, blood running through these veins, and that, um, and that this yearning to be seen, to be mm -hmm. held, to be seen, to mm -hmm. be understood, mm -hmm. to be remembered, mm -hmm. you know, um, to share special moments with people that mm. are really unique in their quality and mm. that will never happen again. Mm. And I think that clown offers this, that this is the opportunity of clown, you know. And so a lot of people come, I'll get retired folk who are like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I just need to shake up my life. Mm. I'm bored with life. I want to mm. be seen. I've never felt seen. You know, mm. and I'll get people, CEOs, heads of CEOs who 
uh, you know, find it uncomfortable to to speak in public, and yet they're in charge of, you know, hundreds of people below mm. them, uh, or even thousands of people. You know, I've had CEOs of multi million dollar corporations um, mm. come and do workshops to get a little bit more comfortable with being seen, with speaking authentically, with. Mm. Uh, you know, lightening up their life a little bit. I'll get uh, speakers, tons of therapists, loads mm. of... It's really good work for therapists. Mm, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because laughter is, is, a, is a cure, is a healer, yeah. right? Absolutely, medicine. Um, yeah, it's a medicine. And there's so much that you can process through talking therapy. But to really... But clowning is like embodied therapy. Mm. It's like... To embody the self, the conflict, the discomfort, and to release it through the mm. body, you know, and then it's, to laugh it's magic, at it too. It? Yeah, so it's, yeah, so I get quite a lot, like quite a varying range of individuals, people of all ages, anywhere from 22 to 75 hmm. do my workshops. Um and I love having open classes, although now I'm going to start specifying performance classes and then okay. open classes. Yeah. And I think it's good for performer, to, for performers to do open classes, um, just to take away this like need to be brilliant, to be mm. good, whatever mm. that is. Yeah. Uh, that's the worst thing for clown. Mm. It's like need uh, this neediness to. Uh, be brilliant to be good mm. and that's what's nice about the open classes it gives people a safe space to just be and be seen as they are without putting too much on it yeah yeah so important i think yeah weird, like performers do carry you know that pressure most performers i've ever met and know and being one myself as well like that pressure of, of like it's got to be great yeah yeah it's got to be great or it's worthless kind of thing yeah um being good enough you know and mm-hmm. oof, it's it's heavy it's heavy stuff to carry and uh yeah so that's you know medicine mm-hmm. that kind of what you're talking about is real medicine yeah that's what it feels like it feels like important like big, deep, important work. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Well, I mean, I've from the the little I've experienced, which was that uh, workshop that you were doing at Bullyfield two years ago. Um, wow. Yeah. Right. Um, that that was uh, I can't believe it's two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah that was a great taste for me and uh definitely was up for doing more just hadn't been able to at the time or whatever um Um, but yeah still thoroughly interested and uh following and that's also why i wanted to interview you because you know of that experience and um others seeing you running a cabaret as well there and Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) giggle giggle um you know, just that perseverance of your just like total creativity and self-expression and Aww. play. Um, it's uh, 
very encouraging. Yeah, you're just really in it and doing it. And that's, yeah, it's inspiring. It's inspiring for me and it's, I'm sure it's inspiring for, for many. Um, so yeah, that was my fiddle experience. Uh, whenever you do a workshop, I'm always like, oh, can I do it? Oh, you know, yeah. I always want to, I always want, you know. Yeah, it comes sometimes. I mean, I'm always doing them. <laughs> I'm always doing them. Yeah, There's yeah. No, they're not going to stop, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because if anything, I just want to be doing them more, make yeah. them more accessible to more people everywhere. <laughs> it yeah. just feels like so important, you yeah. know, and every time I finish an intensive, I'm like, ah, when's the next one? <laughs> I need to do another one now. Wow. Not just for me, but just to create more of these spaces. Yeah. Um, because I, the, because the, yeah, the work can be just so transformative and so powerful for mm. participants that um, I just want to create more of those spaces mm. so that there's more of that happening yeah. in the world. There needs to be more of this happening, yeah. not less. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So let's, let's sort of dive more into, you know, the, what is the sacred clown and that archetype? I mean, yeah, it's the sacred clown. I mean... It's like, what is the sacred clown? There's so many, there's going to be so many different definitions and mm. ideas of the sacred clown. Mm. I mean, I remember um, eight years ago, I was uh, teaching at a, a circus school in Costa Rica mm. um, called the Dream Awakening Circus with a dear uh, friend of mine named Leela. And anyway, she and I... Um, decided to put together a clown workshop for festivals around Central America and we called it sacred clowning sacred clowning workshop mm. and this was us and our idea to kind of expand the worlds of consciousness mind body spirit mm. and bring in the philosophies of clown um, Lila was like a oneness practitioner and healer energy healer and then I obviously went to loads of clown schools and my training is mostly <laughs> in clown although mm. now I'm also a life coach and other things mm. and I've gained a lot of uh, trainings and apprenticeships along the way mm. but um, then at that time I just come out of a kind of two-year extensive clown school um, and so anyway Leela and I put together this sacred clowning workshop and that was the beginning of it for me. I hadn't heard of anything like this anywhere in the world. Mm, okay. And then since then, in the last eight years, I've noticed, ah, oh, someone teaches sacred clowning in oh, Spain. Right, and there's yeah. someone else who calls himself a sacred clown. And someone else and someone else. And starting to look more and more into what that archetype is and mm. brings. And actually, there's a lot of... It's an, it, clowning is like stems from ancient tradition. I mean, the way that we know clowning today... Mm. It's 200 years old, mm. um, you know, in, the, in terms of the circus, 200 mm. years of clowning in the circus mm. uh, and the red nose kind of makeup hair mm. thing. I'm not so interested. I, I use the red nose in my work, mm. but that's it. Uh, I don't use any of the, of the other stuff. <laughs> like all the other, because then I don't know. I feel like we're getting away from the self. And I feel like clown really is the work of the self, mm. of expanding you. So uh, if we paint your face and put the hair, there's a separation of, it becomes a mask. 
Mm. And no longer a vessel of extending everything that you are. The comedy of you. They're like, all we need really is a nose to give. The nose just acts mm. as permission. Yeah. You know, it's the smallest mask that we can wear. Uh, that give us permission to be all the ridiculous that we really are. Mm. Um, but yeah, in any case... I just we I've discovered have met many people who have done loads of research in uh, the traditions of the ancient traditions of mm. the clown. So the trickster, the mm. um, the laughter bringer, the comedian, the um, the fool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, jester. The jester, yeah, just all of these roles that have been in every indigenous culture since, you know, since the beginning. Mm, the beginning. <laughs> um, and look, looking at the Hayoka from the Lakota tradition, looking so at... So tell us about that. The Lakota, or the, yeah, the, the Hayoka. The Hayoka. Yeah. yeah, well, it's fascinating, the Hayokas, and they identify as lightning, as... Um, as beyond gender and their role in the community is that they are backwards they're the tricksters this, that live backwards this is it yeah because i read about this in a book yeah long 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 time ago before i was even got into acting or anything like literally 20 years ago yeah and i found it absolutely fascinating it was yeah. a book about sort of sacred like crazy wisdom or something sort of sacred wisdom yeah and it talked about these sacred clowns from yeah. the Hayoka and how they, they ride horses backwards and stuff like that. They so, do yeah. everything backwards. So this is, you know, yeah, this, this is... was fascinating. This year actually really dove into the Hayoka uh-huh. from your understanding of when I was in Australia, I was in Melbourne and I yeah. was doing an artist residency okay. um, there and for some of my time there. And, um, and I co-facilitated a workshop on Hayoka Sacred Clown with oh, wow. a Hayoka Lakota elder. Really? Yeah, Hoxilla Lakota. Oh, my God. Who happened to be in Melbourne at the same time. Oh, wow. And so we collaborated on a workshop. And, um, yeah, I learned loads about the Hayoka. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Straight from the mouth of, you know. This is gold. And, um, yeah, it was super fascinating, extremely frustrating, infuriating. Really? <laughs> At times, yeah, we did, um, he led a sweat lodge. And uh, it's so fascinating, you know. He picked up the burning hot embers of these rocks, the burning hot rocks. Yeah. Uh, and placed them on the center, on the, on the, you know, in this, in the circle, in the center of the circle in this uh, sweat lodge. So for some people who don't know what a sweat lodge is, it's, it's kind of like a self-made sauna in the shape of, of a dome mm-hmm. um, that, you know, Lakota indigenous peoples and also indigenous peoples from all around North America have been in, in this design mm-hmm. um, for forever it's kind of like uh, a sauna and they have these burning hot um rocks in the middle of in a kind of hole in the middle of this dome Mm. that's covered and insulated and then there's four doors and they throw water on the hot rocks and you sweat and Mm. it's extremely hot and people some medicine people receive visions or hear songs or experience guidance Mm. 
um, and they believe it to bring us back to the womb, to the womb of the, the, the mother of mm. the earth. Mm. And it gets hotter and hotter with each door because mm-hmm. they add another seven rocks every door. Okay. It gets and progressively door hotter like when they open the door. They open the door. So, uh, yeah, they open the door four times for one for each element, yeah. earth, fire, water, air. And so for every door, they open the door and they bring in seven more rocks to mm-hmm. the center, burning hot. Like these are red hot mm-hmm. stones, right? Like lava rocks. Um, that are straight out of a fire, mm-hmm. uh, out of a bonfire. And then they pour water on them, and then it obviously heats up, it steams mm-hmm. up inside mm-hmm. this dome mm-hmm. that's yeah. insulated with blankets. You mm-hmm. know? And it gets everyone just closer and closer to the earth because every door gets progressively hotter, and everyone's like, by the end, it's excruciatingly hot, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, got their head on the earth just covered in mud just sweating into the ground singing and you sing songs you typically you sing four songs per door mm. anyway i've done loads of sweat lodges i'm really interested in um yeah shamanic practices ancient mm. practices mm. um and uh, yeah I've, I've got many teachers and yeah other things anyway um heyoka Haxilla, he picked up these burning hot coal, these burning hot lava rocks from the fire and just mm. put through them into the pit. And it was like you could smell his burning flesh. And he Oh my it. god, you and mean he, he picked them up with his, with his bare hands, hands? With his bare hands. Oh my god. And then he'd make a joke about the burning of his flesh. <laughs> and and so like everything that he what? did in the sweat lodge was the opposite. You know, he would talk about how the Lakotas are believe in non-gender or five genders, you uh-huh. know, and the fifth one being no gender. And but then everything that he did was gendered. You know, every person was gendered, everything was gendered. Um he it was he was like a stand-up comedian inside this like sacred womb. And so we're all there ready to sing, to cry. And he was like making like stand up comedy jokes or um, almost it was like almost the opposite of healing. It was like put everyone on edge. Mm. Uh, you know, each he didn't go by the custom of the of the sweat lodge whatsoever. None of it was your general kind of sweat lodge experience. Yeah, right. There wasn't, there were no four songs per door. Mm-hmm. The rocks were brought in with his bare hands and thrown mm-hmm. into the middle of the circle. Um, sometimes he'd have these big, long lectures. Uh, yeah, it was like, and then sometimes they, yeah, and like, what, and the lectures would kind of contradict themselves, so how it started was not how it ended. It's fascinating because the whole experience began with him talking about being a Hayoka and what it was to be brought up in, you know, as a Lakota uh, in a reserve in the U.S., you Mm. know, um, and to be given the title of Hayoka as a child, that he was recognized by the community as being a Hayoka and that being... Being given um, the name Hayoka is almost like, it's like being told you're a shaman. Right. So, I mean, today, in today's day and age, everybody's 
self-making, you know, calling themselves a shaman, calling themselves a uh, heyoka, uh, whatever. But traditionally, uh, a shaman is not a name that you give yourself. It is bestowed upon you by the community. Uh, the, you would never call yourself a shaman uh, or a medicine man or a medicine person. You know, uh, it, it's an honor and it's a gift by the community and that you are recognized as that uh, by everyone other than yourself. Uh, and it's the same with the Hayoka. The Hayoka, you would never call yourself or decide, I am a Hayoka. You know, you're given the title Hayoka. Mm. You're recognized in the community as that, that this is your role to play. So he was told as a kid. Yeah, when he was eight years old. <laughs> he was told that he was a Hayoka. Wow. By that's... his community. Yeah, I mean, is that... Is that normal in in the hate in the lakota community for a for a child of eight to be told you're a hey usually you're told as a child right, yeah okay. like you'd be told that yeah okay in that time that you're you know the trickster yeah That's is it like is it there's just told. one per community is it that or is it i think it's like what come when they see someone what they bring naturally yeah you know i don't know if it's one per community we might have one or two or I don't know. And today, reserves are not what they were, you know? Like these communities. Yeah. yeah. It's like, there's, I don't know, I don't know much about the reserve or the the space that he was brought up in. Um, but I know that he was given the name Hayoka by his grandparents uh-huh. and, um, and learned and then started his journey of the Hayoka, which is that you do everything backwards. So if you're a Hayoka, then you're the one in the community to, you know, when it's snowing outside, you're the one to go outside and run around naked, you know, wear no clothes. Or when it's uh, extremely hot, you're wearing your winter, you know, all your winter gear <laughs> and you're walking around. Or you'll, oh you know, if you're God. riding a horse, you'll ride it backwards. If, you know, you're drinking tea with important people, you'll spill the tea instead mm. of drink it. It's like... So it's the act of the he- the Hayoka to do everything opposite, to do everything yeah. backwards. I mean, that is so... To put people on edge. Dramatic, isn't it? Yeah. So to sit in this sweat lodge with this man where it's like, you know, this, it's, you know, ideally it's this like safe womb-like space yeah. where you cry, where you sing, where you feel connected to everything and you heal your heart and your spirit and your soul, you know? Yeah. To then be in this space with this like, with this person who's like burning his skin and making comic jokes wow. about the burning of skin oh and everything that he's saying is contradicting itself and uh, and there is no custom within the door. You know, one second it's like they close the door and then he says three words and then they open it again and that's the door. Yeah. You know, and that was that round. And then the next time it was like, now we're going to sing four songs. And then he doesn't pass the the uh, the shaker. He doesn't pass the drum. And we don't even sing a song. He's like, and now this was another thing. <laughs> he gave, he spoke 10 minutes, this massive speech about us all sharing with him, sharing this pipe with him. That he's, that we're going to smoke this pipe and... Um, what it took for him to be gifted and honored this pipe the magic that's in this pipe 
the the tobacco that we will be smoking to give thanks with this pipe mm. and he had this beautiful story like gorgeous story 10 minutes of the meaning of the pipe of the sacred pipe and then at the end of the speech he goes open the door and they open the door and he goes that's the end it's the end of the sweat lodge <laughs> and everyone's sitting there like wait are we gonna get the pipe like are we going to smoke the pipe? And he's like, what pipe? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the genius wow. of this, this like, it was almost like he was making a point about how quick we are to give everything away, to give all of our um, belief, to just yeah. completely give all of our attention and belief in something beyond ourselves. Mm. Of like, yes, you are the master, you are the shaman, you are the teacher, you are our sacred teacher. Mm. Even when someone is just going to, like, take tear the floor from underneath your feet or shake mm. you up or not give you anything that you're desiring or you need, mm. you know, is going to do, it's like the, and that's the work of the Heoka is to put people on edge. Sounds like you did a good job. Oh, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, brilliant, you know. And then also with his, uh, within the workshop as well. Um, so I, I feel like I learned a lot and it gave me, it made me really appreciate those friends in my life mm-hmm. who really make me question the way things are, the way that I think, the way that I am, mm. the ones who put me on edge, who shake mm. me up a little bit. Mm. To make me really understand my beliefs, mm. to understand why I believe what I believe, mm. and how I got to believe the how I believe, you know. Mm. Um, and I, I so think really it's, questioning, like inquiring. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, like I would not ever consider, you know, I wouldn't. Um, I love the trickster. But I would say, you know, and that's definitely more in line. You were asking earlier about the. The fool before mm. we started the podcast mm. and um i don't know a lot about the fool but that i do think that the fool comes from these traditions of the heoka that mm. that's where it stems from the jester the one you know or um in shakespearean times you know in in shakespearean plays the jester is the the fool the one who speaks the truth mm. to the kings and queens mm. And the kings and queens listen to the fool mm. uh, before listening to the wise and, men and, and women. And the jester's the only one that can, that can. speak the truth. Exactly. And can say things that no one else can say. Yeah. And that's their role and it's their archetype. Yeah. And it's accepted. And this is what I feel is like, so this is the work of the fool. Yeah. It's the embodied practice of saying the thing that everyone's too afraid to yeah. say. You know, Beautiful. and really going into the shadow. Yeah. And I feel like the work of the clown is embodying the humor, the ridiculous of mm. that, mm. of what is, instead of speaking, mm. the clown embodies and acts, mm. you know, brings it into like full life, full mm. range of life. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I love that. The way you explain that. That's, yeah. Really helpful. Really, really helpful. I mean, this is entirely my perspective. There's so many, I mean, in the clown world, it's kind of hilarious that there's like constant debates oh, around yeah. all of these subjects. Yeah. yeah, yeah what yeah. is a hiyoka? What is a... Yeah, I've spoken uh, for hours, you know, uh, and like, 
not debates, but like really heated conversations. (laughs) 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 You know, really heated conversations about the work of the fool versus the work of the clown. (laughs) It's so serious. The jester. So serious. Yeah. Definition. The problem of definition. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What is it? But ultimately, it's all just to for us to laugh a little more, to shake us up, to um, mm. question the norms, to mm. question the way things are. Mm. That's so you important. Know? That's why I love it. Is this this deep questioning, the yeah. play, and the deep questioning as well? Mm. Like those two things together, for me anyway, are real medicine, mm. and I, I love it. And that's personally why I've, you know been involved in got involved in in the clowning in the fool realm um in my own journey and yeah it's just really helped me kind of hold those questions and 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 legitimize my questions as well right because if you're just questioning (laughs) you know it's it's it can be a painful process yeah you know because you're against the 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 consensus mm-hmm. when you're questioning, right? So that's that's really interesting. So bringing that play and that joy in is is I just found it so integrating mm-hmm. and helpful for my own process of finding out who I am and what I want to share with the world. And um, it's still it's an ongoing thing. It's you know lifetime, lifetime's true. Oh, and then still you know. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. <laughs> A then, lifetime and then some. Yeah, lifetime and then some. <laughs> Yeah, um, also wanted to like to cut coyote because that's another thing, isn't it? The trickster coyote medicine. Oh yeah. Yeah. The coyote. Yeah. Coyote medicine. How yeah. do you say it? It's very different. <laughs> well, you probably say it much more correct, <laughs> correctly than I. I don't know. Um, coyote. 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 I don't know how you the say. The coyote. It. Yeah. Yeah. That anyway. Yeah, I can't tell you a lot about. Okay spirit energies or animals mm, okay. and what they bring i'm just like all right well i'm a monkey mm. <laughs> like, i don't know i'm a this but yeah um I just, I just i guess i've just heard of it in the context of the trickster really like this i suppose it's the animal right in some traditions native traditions in the u.s that uh-huh. em- embodies the trickster okay yeah yeah Mic yeah drop. like the monkey yeah. or the snake or yeah that kind of the, thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The coyote is quite a regular. Well, the, the coyote is like the, a strong teacher. There's mm. a lot of coyote stories. Mm. Right? So it's kind of in this. Is it also like this? Yeah, tell me more about that, actually. The coyote? Well, there's that famous. Uh, I think it's coyote, yeah. There's that famous story. Um, who is it? I think it's by. Chief Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to say. Oh gosh, I'm gonna be proven wrong from this podcast. <laughs> it's terrible. But I'm I'm saying Chief Seattle only because I've been in in conversation recently about mm. Chief Seattle. Okay. Um, who's a Lakota elder who spoke some phenomenal, beautiful things, and you oh. must you must look him up. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Um, some incredible speeches. One of the most brilliant speakers that the world has ever seen, in my opinion. Oh, wow, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, there's a story, 
there's a story about the coyote where a child is asking his grand his grandfather, um, you know, which so there's two coyotes, a good coyote and a and a bad coyote. Mm. And the grandfather's telling the story of this good coyote and this bad coyote, and the child asks, um, grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one that you feed the most. Mm, okay. You know, yeah. you've heard this, yeah, right? I've heard yeah. This. And I think that's, you know, an old story of the coyote. Mm. And it's the one that we feed the most. That's where. That's the one that will win. Mm. Yeah, it's so profound, that really, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if that's Chief Seattle's story or if that's one that he spoke at one point hmm. in time. But I love that. Anyway, though. you should look yeah. up Chief, Chief yeah. yeah, Seattle, yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> written it down there. Yeah, thank you. Ha. <sighs> um, yeah, just that sense of, yeah, so in terms of the coyote, sorry, no, not coyote, hayoka, um, and that sense of this very um, disruptive kind of energy of questioning mm-hmm. and tricksterism, mm-hmm. like, I think that is so powerful, um, you know, to, to kind of reflect and for us as human beings to self-reflect and and being in living in societies where there is a consensus, there is a norm, there are rules, there are unwritten rules mm. and that you live by. And, and if you know you haven't questioned them, like when you find when you do question them, when there's some event in your life which makes you go, oh, actually, yeah, I've just accepted these principles or this way of being without ever actually questioning it. And mm. maybe it might be some accident or a trauma or it might be an incident or a synchronicity or it might be you took some mushrooms or you know there's different things or you see an amazing piece of work that makes you really think about everything in a new way or you read Mm -hmm. an amazing book or something like that um and that's for me very kind of profoundly related with the that kind of that energy of like you know turning everything upside down turning everything backwards yeah yeah and i just find that really powerful yeah really really powerful and necessary as medicine for us well this is and this is i think the powerful and the the the, the power of the powerful um the beauty of clown because clown questions or challenges all of societal norms Mm, right So yeah. all of your shadows or the things that you maybe hated about yourself mm. become your biggest assets. Mm. So we're doing everything's backwards, right? Yeah. So if Love you're it. bald, you've got a big nose, you're fat, you're short, you're too t- you're tall, whatever. All of these like physical attributes, all of these things are your gems. Like these are your assets. These are, this is your beauty. Mm. You know? um, the part of you that needs it it needs to be a diva that needs you know if you're Mm. if you're a kind of um entitled (laughs) uh person who needs attention all the time and needs to be the best is super competitive like i'm not like that at all what are you talking about (laughs) 
like that these things become your most beautiful assets if you're the shy one the clumsy one the idiot you're slow mm. you never pick up on jokes like the second they come or you only get understand things a minute late like these become your most genius assets in clown mm. this is the beauty of clown like the number of clown classes i've sat in where you know i mean in in day-to-day -day life outside in the world it must be difficult to be somebody that gets it a minute late right but in a clown class so many times i'm like ah oh, if only i wish that were my genius because it's just so easy when you it's so beautiful and mm. it's so like uh charming and endearing and human and yeah like the number of people i've just fallen in love with because of their they're idiot mm. on stage. You know, I'm just like, this is so beautiful. Uh, Owning it. And I well. wish, you know, like, I'm like, oh man. But, you know, and then it was, it took me a while longer to accept all my clown attributes, you know, and then mm. to recognize that it's not just the clumsy one, the slow, like, it is the quick thinkers, the the ones who need to be in charge, the diva, the, you know, which is more, um, my, my kind of clown, uh, or me. Needs <laughs> 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 to be tension. I need attention. And, um, yeah. And that, that was a really difficult thing to accept about myself to play with mm. and own it and to make it fun. Um, mm. And it's like within clown, and this is why I think it is a lifelong journey, is that mm. you do, you need a cross, you need a crossover through shame. You need mm. a, you need to walk through the shame mm. to to accept and to love how you are and who you've become, mm. and to play with what that is and what that offers you. And then that's what we can take into the world is that with this greater understanding of how we are when we find ourselves in situations where it's frustrating or we're frustrating someone else we can laugh at ourselves and accept it and say yeah sorry <laughs> you know okay that's the part of me that you know is super competitive or that's the part of me that's like there's a part of me that just wants all of the attention mm. doesn't feel seen or there's a part of me that's too shy or scared you know whatever it is we can start to see the different parts of ourselves and who's playing up mm. in our life mm. like which oh, parts of our personalities mm. are taking the stage at different yeah. times and then how can we communicate that yeah. to someone so that they understand why we're reacting the way we are yeah yeah so i love it food for thought so, so much food for the, thought. Yeah. Oh my God, you've just given us like such a big bomb there. <laughs> <laughs> and psh, <laughs> mic drop. Throw another mic drop. Yeah, a little mic drop, bomb, bomb blast. <laughs> yeah, profound, deep. Um, I'm speechless. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. That's it. I love it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and oh that's also why I've been attracted to it as well is mm. you know I know that there's stuff I need to own and you know and it's a kind of play with it you know play with owning ownership of those bits that I'm judging of myself mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, yeah, and yeah, and so the uh, what I also wanted to talk about is uh, leading on from that, which has inspired this thought, is about ridicule, right? Yeah. So that's really interesting because you know we may have been ridiculed mm-hmm. for these things or certain aspects of ourselves in the past. Yeah. And that's painful. Yeah. And which leads to shame. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that comes up. It's interesting within clown because the most successful clowns, the ones that find it the easiest mm. um, practice, is are the are the people who are easily able to laugh at themselves mm. and to invite their audience to laugh with them mm. at themselves. Mm. Yeah, know? right. Um, and what I've been finding over the years of research facilitating um is that there are many people who don't uh who don't receive laughter as a communication of love they see receive laughter as a communication of ridicule right and uh they go into a shame body or Mm. discomfort uh when they receive laughter as opposed to being filled up and fed yeah Okay, and so yeah. the clown needs to feel filled up and fed every time they receive laughter. You have to receive it as though you're getting doses of love mm. and encouragement from your audience to keep going there. Mm. What you're doing, we love. Like, mm. this is what well, we want more of this. We want more of this. Because you're there as a clown, really, you're there to liberate everyone. Mm. You're there to liberate your audience to say, I'm human, we're all human, and mm. we're ridiculous. And, mm. like... This life is ridiculous. It's mm. a jo- like we're a cosmic joke, mm, you know. Yeah. Ultimately, cosmic joke. Um, yeah. And so this is really fascinating. It's a lot more difficult to work with people who receive laughter as shame, or who receive laughter as yeah ridicule. Um, can that be turned around? Yeah. Yeah. Everything, and I've actually recently seen a huge transformation in one of my students really? massive massive really? in the last couple years yeah and working mm. with this particular person um they used to shut down every time everyone laughed mm. literally complete sh- i've never you know really a wow. complete shutdown but then it was so fascinating to me that they were interested in clown right. and comedy and i'm like but you're choosing the medium of performance that requires, you know, that means laughter is coming. You know mm. what I mean? Like you're choosing. So it, it, I was fascinated, yeah, by this person, why they would pursue, want to pursue clowning when it was obviously like an extreme challenge for them, you know, definitely outside of their comfort zone. Um, but then over this time of working with them, they're now receiving laughter as like, as love. Wow. And it fills them up and they are able to laugh at themselves as well. And then it's hysterical. And so before, <laughs> what, because what happened before was when the audience laughed and this person would shut down, we then didn't feel like we could laugh and mm. we felt uncomfortable mm. or we felt unsafe to laugh as an mm. audience because we felt like, oh, we're hurting this person. Yeah in trying to express our love. Mm. And then over time working with this person, um, recognizing that 
not always so easy to receive love. Mm. Some people also have a very difficult time receiving love or appreciation or attention. Mm. Uh, that over time, rewriting that story, mm. rewriting that experience to fill them up mm. and to give them energy and to fill them with love mm. so that they could really receive that and then to continue doing what we love. Mm. It's like this person, oh, your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> huh? um, yeah, it's like your stomach speaking. We all, yeah, there, it's like, they can then work with that and do so much more. And there's something, uh, yeah, just like, it's amazing. And this is, it's like moments like this in facilitating where I'm like, ah, oh, wow, massive work has been done. Like mm. this person has completely transformed their relationship with their shame body, mm. with ridicule, with, uh, uh, yeah, receiving love as mm. something that fills them up and their experience of receiving love. And it's like, wow, it's such potent work. And so to see it over time, that just in like such a short amount of time, this person can completely transform their story is huge to me. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it is more difficult mm. working with the shame body or recognizing like I'm always in day one, seeing where everyone is in relationship to themselves. Are they so serious? that they are unable to laugh at themselves in how they are, in mm. which case that that's where all of our work is. Mm. Or are they can are they so able to laugh at everything at how they are, how they express? You know, are they free in that and then we'll work on the next stage. Mm. But for me the beginning is really how does someone receive love? How does someone receive laughter? Does it fill them up? Does it shut them down? Um, do they feel free when they're being seen? Or do they feel limited? Uh, do they want to run and hide how they are, who they are? Or do they want to um, express all of themselves? So like these are uh. all the things that I'm taking a look at as a facilitator. See where people are, how they are, how I need to work with them. Uh. Wow so much in there yeah. so much in there yeah when's the book coming out i know right i've got so much for a book <laughs> so much i know volumes volumes yeah i've been yeah i've been thinking all the different chapters because i just spoke at a breaking conventions last month Do you know that breaking was the one conventions? in london yeah it's like the europe's largest uh conference on consciousness and psychedelics mm. And I was talking about the relationship between clowning and psychedelics. And I'm like, bam, there's a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> or if not a book in itself, yeah. but it's definitely going to be a chapter. Yeah. And then this, you know, shame in the clown oh, God, yeah. is like pff, a book in itself. That's, and then, I actually wanted to oh share God. about that as well, because the first time I came across that was a workshop a weekend workshop with Frankie Anderson. Have you heard of her? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So I did this workshop many moons fooling. ago it yeah fooling, fooling right yeah she's a teacher of my friend christy holly tree who i've done some fooling oh, with okay yeah, yeah. i really wow. really love what she shares frankie yeah um 
unfortunately, I never get <laughs> emails about. She's in Devon. Or Cornwall she's in Cornwall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I never somehow I never quite got onto her email list, even though we exchanged details about it. Like I'm not. You can on still. I think no, but I've tried to, <laughs> but for somehow she wasn't able to because of oh. the tech stuff. So I I still don't receive emails. <laughs> We had a conversation about it, but well, yeah, because I've been meaning to like go go and do stuff with her. But yeah. anyway, that's a good reminder. Actually, I should email her. Um, anyway, that's a tangent. Um, yeah, she mentioned it in in the fooling workshop, and I, it was such a eureka moment for me about shame because I've never really heard anyone talk deeply about shame in such a way, and. Uh, she mentioned John Bradshaw and then I read his book uh, or audio listened to it because he talks about it there's a book out there he's written called something to do with shame mm-hmm. feeling the shame that binds you or something like that okay yeah uh, really powerful and it kind of woke me up to it and and how, what that looks like you know in terms of uh, being seen and being mm. vulnerable and uh, being witnessed and then obviously the you're carrying your shame and then shaming others, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's those who feel shame that shame others mm-hmm. and all what that looks and what that's about. And then, so it really made me, on the one hand, kind of look into my own shame. And on the other hand, kind of be aware, of, like any behaviors I have where I'm shaming others. Yeah. And like really look into that and go, oh my God, how awful, you know, to be shaming others, you know? But it's like, it's this sort of cycle, cycle. right? It's a cycle, isn't yeah. it? It's like self-perpetuating in a way. And you have to, you know, awareness has to come in to break that cycle and see and, and heal and let go of the trauma attached to it and everything else. Um, and so that's been a, a journey of investigation for me and really empowering as well. Um, and, and that ties in with the ridicule as well, right? Because the ridicule then creates the shame and... Um, you know, childhood really we're talking about here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, early childhood. It can that's when it kind of gets formed, and the you know the program as such, the template is is placed, the imprint is placed. Um, so I guess that's family dynamics and schooling and everything else. And I mean, I for one would experience bullying at school, and um, that's definitely affected me in terms of yeah. um, you know being seen and being witnessed. Oh yeah. I, I and time. and then I bullied. Right, so right. that's the shame cycle, right? So I was shamed, and then I shamed others, and um, not in a big way, not in a physical way, but so much of that is emotional, psychological. Yeah. And um, yeah, it pains me to see it. It's hurtful. It's hard to look at it. Yeah. And think, fuck, I did that to people, and I was acting out, right? Yeah. Completely oh, absolutely. Unconsciously absolutely. Acting out, but oh, like. Yeah. Just seeing that and oh god and wow oh I wish I could turn back the clock and rewrite that um but yeah and just yeah just like hoping those people uh, are okay in their lives and <laughs> everything else yeah. I can laugh about it but it's it's yeah it's uh, uh, awkward it's uncomfortable but but yeah so that that you know recognizing those dynamics in myself and how they played out and then how that relates to performing and being seen in front of others and Mm -hmm. you know so it's been great so that she planted that seed and that's helped me understand myself as well as as a creator Mm -hmm. as well yeah yeah and I also feel that um the shaming 
has stopped me as well from being as creative, the, the truly creative spirit that I am. Because it's always like, it's not good enough. Like, oh. You should come see my show. Right. Because so, it's all about the relationship with the inner critic. Right. Well, my I'm, entire I'm there. show is about, I'm there. Is about shame, the inner Sold. critic, you know, the, <laughs> really? the, like, no idea. the part of us that shames us for being how we are, who oh, we are, for doing, great. you know, that wants to protect us, but then, and then shames us for doing something, oh. and then, and then within that, how we kind of, like, within the values that we perpetuate, that there's kind of, like, this living, breathing patriarchy, patriarchy. that the patriarchy is not something entirely outside of ourselves, uh. that, that it's like we can, and, and can comply with it within our own mental process, within how we are who we are. Anyway, it's like yeah, no, but yeah, it's all about the inner critic. Brilliant! Shame, oh my god! Shame body. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds brilliant. That sounds great. There's so much juicy That's such stuff medicine. in that. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I definitely want to see your show. Yeah. Oh my god! Because yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what it was about. To be honest, um, I probably just in the back of my mind thought, oh, another performer successfully doing a show <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> something like that you know um, it's funny actually because I've I'm able to receive some of that stuff more now now that I've kind of stepped back from actively pursuing like acting and going more into the coaching and um, content creation yeah somehow that I'm not so identified with all of that and it's like oh it's such a relief to not like, be totally, I don't know, because I've, I've got, a, like, my shadow side definitely has jealousy and envy quite uh -huh. strongly. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm owning that, telling you, speaking up right now, right? Yeah, to, to all these listeners. All these listeners, <laughs> all the hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe more that will might listen to this over time of this podcast. So, yeah, it feels quite vulnerable. But, yeah, it's just how it is, right? It's being authentic, it's being real. Um, so yeah, the envy of, of like people being successful in, in shows and doing stuff. And mm -hmm. of course that's all, you know, linked back to my own self-shaming and yeah. shaming in the past and not being, thinking I'm not good enough or the, the perfectionism around creativity and, you know, it's, it's not, if it's not perfect, then I shouldn't bother doing it in the if first place. If it's not place, on West End, then I'm not going to go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much. And just like, yeah. it's the same with my writing, like the real struggle with that, blocking myself, like painting, I haven't painted anything in over a decade, you know, it's ridiculous. But, you know, there it is. It's it's like, it's part of this whole process. Have you ever done the artist way? Um yeah, yeah, started okay. it. <laughs> a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Started it a couple times. Literally, a couple of times. That's I've so still funny. got a, a reminder on my phone at 8.30 in the morning, morning pages. Yeah. <laughs> that's really great. That helped me a ton when I got into a, a block. Yeah. Just get out of get out of my block. Um, yeah. I really feel like I need a creativity coach, and I am going to get one. Yeah. Yeah, I am actually going to get one. I've decided I'm going to do that. Wow, a creativity coach. Yeah. I want one of those. Yeah, Sounds right? Great. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, Maybe that's what, what we should do next. Yeah. Creativity coach. It's got a good ring to it. It has a great ring. I know a creativity coach. She's based, she's based in LA, Diana. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was in a show with her many moons ago. Now she's, that's what her thing is, and it's great. 
Um, but yeah, there will be people over here. Maybe we could set ourselves up as creativity coaches. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a creativity coach. Um, which could be actually... It sounds like a great sketch show. Yeah, oh really? Like yeah. I do, well, in my mind, I just have like such a character of like who the creativity coach would be. <laughs> that like, yeah, you go once a week to like meet the creativity coach. She gives you a new project and... Or yeah, I, I love it. Tell me more. I don't know, it could be fun. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. It be does. coming out next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. A bit, a, but in all seriousness, no, that that, that is, yeah. is is a field that is thinking desperate dire need of, you know, people. Right. All the frustrated creatives out there that yeah. just need help with pushing forward and you know, I'm very much like a if I don't have a deadline for something, I just won't do it. Right. If I don't have pain in some way, I just, I won't do it. Huh. Um, in fact, the only thing that I think that I'm doing that I don't need anyone to, which is the weird. Push you is my, this podcast. My, yeah, the podcast is one yeah. thing. No one's pushing me to do that. It's only me. Um, and then the other thing is, is coffee enemas. Oh, really? Yeah, it's my weird little secret. Oh, wow. Okay. And now everybody knows. Now everyone um, knows. <laughs> Maybe don't tell us too much about <laughs> Well, some people... Or are, go for it. <laughs> some people are really, like, squeamish about it and just like, oh, yuck. Like, that is horrible. I don't want to think about that. And other people are like, well, yeah, of course, man. Everyone shits. Everyone you know? does it. But, you yeah. know, I mean, it's obviously, it's not about that. It's about... I mean, basically, you're putting coffee up the other end, you know. Yeah, I and, know. And you, flushing you yeah, yourself flushing out. Yeah, flushing is an amazing, it is amazing. It is so powerful. Really? Yeah. Um, no, I've never done it. Yeah, I'm I've actually... I've never done an enema. I bought an enema kit. Did you? And I got it all prepared. And I, I remember when I was living in London last time, uh, and, I, and I was like, got it all prepared. And I was like in the bathroom, and then it was like a whole clown show. It was just hysterical. <laughs> it was like a whole, and it didn't happen. Basically, it just didn't happen. Basically, Brilliant. like couldn't get the balance right of where to put the water sack and the thing, and like not knowing what to do and trying to look it up online, and then being like, maybe I should invite my friend over, and then I'm like calling my housemate, and like, can you wait outside? And being like, this is weird, and can you come in? Don't come in. I mean, can you, can you check? But don't check, you know? And the whole thing was like a fucking, a freaking hilarious comedy. Literally. And then it didn't happen. And I gave up. I was like, this is, this is too ridiculous. I can't, this isn't, maybe not for me. Maybe. (laughs) And then, and then of course, you know, I go downstairs and a friend comes over and they're like, no, you gotta, you gotta start with the professional. You can't just buy an enema kit. And try to do it at home. Your first go. Oh, I did. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I it did. was probably that that you like succeeded. Well, yeah. It was yeah. the same. Kind I, of I I can't imagine that being like a smooth run on the first go. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to imagine the person that like just well, like no, for the yeah. first time, <laughs> and, like, easy this perfect and cool, fun and comfortable and yeah. normal. No, because what what happens is the sensations. It's the sensations. You're like, oh my god, what's going on? Like this thing is inserted inside me. Oh, and then there's something I can feel it coming out. Oh god, right. And then oh, do I need to go? No, is it just the hot the hot coffee coming in? And, uh, uh, and there's the sensations, and you're like, oh my god, I need to go, right? And then, and then is it is like too hot? Is it too cold? Is it 
like well it shouldn't be hot it, it, needs, just to be, right, it needs to be warm yeah yeah you know all the things there's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. but but like the thing for me is obviously that once you get over all of that so now i'm like an enema ninja right okay an absolute enema ninja yeah. um and it's just don't even think you think about it right i just like oh i've got like an hour now right okay cool do an enema you know and all right uh it takes this so it takes an hour well about yeah about an hour but okay. you could do it in half an hour if you really had rushed you know i like to do a double one so okay you know. <laughs> but but a double shot of coffee no no i mean like two, two elements yeah back to back oh okay yeah, all yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. but um the thing is is like I, I get a real like intuitive hit when i'm having the enema okay like i get a lot of intuitive stuff happen right it's really interesting wow that's like me and like when i get um acupuncture really yeah yeah every time i go to acupuncture it's like all the answers Really? Yeah, everything, yeah. everything gets like, yeah. just, it's like, all of a sudden I know what to do. Yeah, that's exactly what happens in the this. enema. Yeah. It's, huh. it's really Maybe I need to do this enema thing to have and more I, than I've, just I've read about that as well for other people. That yeah. Like, it's, this is very powerful. Huh. Um, yeah, so that, anyway, tangent there. Um, I don't know how we even got onto that. That's now. so funny. Some people are going to be sitting at home or driving loving their car. Kind of loving it. And other people will be going like... Oh, that's gross. That's gross. Oh, God. You know, but um, it is a massive... I want to make a sketch now about it going wrong. It is massively healing for people, especially with cancer and that kind of thing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Anyway, get you back to... Look it up. Go look up your next anima kit on... (laughs) I'm actually, like, inspired to actually do, like, some something like an online course or coaching around it because I'm so good at it now. Right. Um, and do you know what I mean? Like yeah. people, like I need me when yeah. I, when I started, I needed me now. Right. Okay. Right. So it's like, oh, I can yeah. offer that to other people and I don't have any issues about, about talking about it. You know, there's a hole in the marketplace. It. There's a massive niche <laughs> there, but also I, I put other stuff in the enemas as well. I don't just put coffee. Oh, all right. So it's like a whole, like. You know, multi... It's a world. It's a whole multi-layered, multi-dimensional... <laughs> uh, like, in, yeah. you know, getting getting all this great stuff into my system, you know, that avoids all the digestive tract, the, you know, the acids, so you get, like, the good stuff without having to... Just, you, without getting it downgraded through digestive process and other things. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting, to okay. say the least. Right. Anyway, back to clowning. Nice. Well, I don't know. This is clowning. Well, the the the, the, co- the, the enema clown, right? The this enema is clown, a show. clown show. This is the clown thing, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A perfect tangent. Yeah, and it's taboo as well. It's kind of there's a taboo side to it, so. Yeah. It's also like what you can't talk about as well, right? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, why would you bring that up uh, in polite conversation? Oh, no. Talk no one ever said no. Don't ever talk to a clown for polite conversation. <laughs> don't ever look for well, polite conversation. Yeah, this is clown. it. This is it, right? That's, that's why happen. it's also so juicy. Clowning is that it's just everything is nothing is kind of off limits, really. Yeah. So that's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and healing and embracing, all embracing and yeah, you know that medicine. Yeah. Nothing is off limits. I think everything is a show and everything. Wow, there's so much. Wow, there's so much in it, in it all. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do, have you done any other <coughs> shows, um, notable shows that, um, other than the just, well, the do it, do it, don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, do it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've done lots of shows, but this is the one that I'm, this is the one that I've been working on for a year. Right. The one that, like, right now, my current heart and spirit is in it. Um, so I don't really care to talk about ones no. that have been and gone. But, um, yeah, I've been thinking about all this stuff with Extinction Rebellion and mm -hmm. thinking about the state of the world today and thinking, uh, so I've been getting ideas for my next show. Okay. But I'm still, I'm still loving this one and it, and I'm still developing it and I'm, I just like, I love performing it, you know, like every single audience I had in Edinburgh was just like, I was in love with with them, with my show, with performing. I was just so happy wow. to be doing this show that expresses all the different sides of me. I think that that's what I love, especially about this show, is that there's moments of real stupidity where it's just like laugh a second, you know, or laugh. Um, and then there's like really poignancy. There's really deep, profound moments where mm. I feel like the most painful parts of me are seen mm. and held and witnessed mm. um, and really understood. And I, yeah. And so for me, it's like... I want to do your show. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I go through this range of like expressing so many different aspects of how I am, of who I am, of getting to perform all of my favorite thing, doing all the things like I... You know, I have puppetry and mask and uh, music and song. I sing in my show right. and I do puppetry. And I get to do mask work. And it's like all these things that I love doing, but I just put them all in my show. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm like, I'm so all for that. Like how to build a show using all of the best of you uh, to bring all of what you've got and what you want to explore. Yeah, and like, I wanted to create a show where I also went into like the depth of my sadness and pain and uh, shame as well. Wow. And so it's like, I don't know. So I feel so fulfilled at the end of every show. I feel like I've done some massive healing work on myself yeah. on a community on whoever saw it mm. a lot of people have responded in that way feeling wow. like oh, i feel healed from like beautiful I feel with you i feel like that was my story too um or is my story too and yeah there's just something really inspiring about working in this way and this is where i'm now coaching directing helping other people bring this into their shows you know how can we create a show where it's accessing all of the sides of you, of who you are, of how mm. you are, all the things that you want to be seen, that you need to be seen. Mm. So that in this year of developing a show, because that's how long it takes, mm. that um, that you're like really doing transformational work on mm. yourself in that process. Because if you can spend all that time that we dedicate to these performances and shows on like really developing and transforming yourself, then wow, it's like it's such an amazing journey, and um, this show was for me in particular in relationship to like 
sexual abuse or sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And so it sprung out of the Me Too movement. And I just, in doing and performing this show, I feel like I've been on this huge journey where at one point there was so much anger and pain and sadness. Now there's, I'm like come out the other side where I feel like my show has done so much healing work on me in the last mm -hmm. year, more than any therapist has ever brought to the table, more than any ceremony has done. I feel like I've done this like deep, profound life's like healing work wow. on on myself in relationship to my sexuality mm. and in the show I feel like it's from the show that has brought me out into this place where now I feel like my relationship to my sexuality is really healthy and like uh and is in a really sweet like beautiful place um, mm. And just recognizing this, like, whoa, this journey that I've been on in the last year, and really, I would say thanks, that it's all thanks to, you know, the team that supported me in that, like, my director, Dan Lees, and, you know, my mom, also, who's a dramaturg, oh. Jillian Raby, she was a, a she helped um, dramaturg just piece it together, but mostly, like, it was my ideas, my heart and soul that I brought to it. Mm. Um, and then they just, you know, like they watch, witness, help clear things up, clean things up, uh, give me ideas, help me take things yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you know, did what directors do. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I feel like I'm really grateful that I like, yeah, it's like I had this idea of what I wanted. I wanted to prove to myself that I could do what I do in my workshops like provide this like safe healing space for massive transformational work. I wanted to prove that that was possible in a show context, mm. that I could work with what's alive in me now, tackle big issues, uh, like ex explore shame, dissect shame, and then also make a comedy out of it. Mm. I wanted to explore that I could do all of these things that I do in workshops and facilitating mm. personally in my own show or experience or life and that's what I feel like this show has brought me is like wow that we can do so much healing it's like um have you read that book psycho magic with Alejandro Jodorowsky by Alejandro Jodorowsky. um I'm a, a superficially familiar with his work right um just because it was talked a lot about from friends when I was living in Spain yeah I'm a bit addicted to to him and his work. But I, I, I tried, I was, I don't know, there was books in Spanish, there weren't any books in English oh, so, right. at the time. Yeah. So I was just like pretty, trying pretty to sort of understand. Pricey but... too, because they're quite pricey. Are they? Yeah, because oh, they're kind of niche, you know. Right, yeah, so yeah. Every book is He's like. He's come out with a couple of films, doesn't he, as well? Amazing yeah. films. I have Endless even Poetry. Them. Um, endless Poetry, you have to watch this film. Okay. It's just. And I think one of them's on, at least one stunning. of them's on, on Netflix or, or Amazon or something. Oh yeah, or yeah. Maybe I YouTube. mean, maybe I you can confused. find them all. I've found them all. Khodorovsky. Jodorowsky, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. It is. Yeah. Khodorowsky. That's how they say it over there. So yeah. Anyway, like his book, Psycho Magic, that yeah was really. Well, that's what I just. That's immediately what I thought when you said about your show. I was yeah. like, that is psycho magic. Yeah, it is. The yeah. whole show is psycho magic. Yeah. Yeah. On me, on my audience, it's like. It feels like, uh, yeah, 
that's what's taking place. Yeah. So just I'm all about it. Epic. It's epic. I'm so glad I'm talking to you about this. Psycho magic. Um yeah, wow. Well, I mean, what a work you're doing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely brilliant. I um I just I don't know, like uh, you know, because I did this show last year. I don't know if mm-hmm. I told you or not. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I did a, a 24-night run at Edinburgh. Oh, yeah, the right. Fringe. Yes. Happy Zappy Hour was what it was called. And uh, it was such a mission. It was such a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> and it was my first ever, like, solo yeah. debut comedy show. Wow. Whatever. And then to bring it to Edinburgh... Was yeah. That, uh, was that your first show? Well, I mean, it basically, it was like my Edinburgh, it was my show, and basically, I did a couple of previews, but then that was it. Like, it, it you know, it birthed itself at the Edinburgh Fringe, and um, uh, it was, you know, a whole smorgasbord of experiences, I guess, because yeah. it was like my first show there and my, my first solo show ever, and. <laughs> So many uh, firsts. <laughs> yeah. I was just like flying yeah. by the seat of my pants, just totally losing my virginity. Um, and like some successes and, and many failures, I feel like with that. And doing something, you know, like a personal thing, it was, yeah, it was intense. Actually, Jason um, Plessis, my friend, oh, yeah. um, he helped direct it as well, which is really helpful. I don't think I would have been able to do it without him. So um, that was great. Very eternally grateful to him for doing that. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, th- I, I basically, you know, but definitely not in the profound or such a deep way at all as what you've just expressed in terms of your show. But like, I decided what I like, I want to do a show, right? What am I going to do? Like, what do I love doing? Mm-hmm. What are my things that I like yeah. doing? And I just kind of put it all together in one 50-minute show. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's just do this. You know, there wasn't particularly a through line <laughs> for the show. It was just like, oh, I'm going to do a bit of, I'm going to do a bit of clowning. I'm going to do some musical comedy. I'm going to do a couple of sketches. I'm going to do some improv or solo prof in my case because right. it was a solo show with all the interaction. And I did have a lot of fun, but like, um, you know, I, I feel like where it could could have gone or could have you know if i'd had given myself time because basically it all happened in like five weeks from like inception to the first night yeah (laughs) it was i mean that's why people do the whole circuit of fringes right they do edinburgh then melbourne then uh, adelaide then yeah you mean like sort of developing a show as they go or what do you mean like i mean they like Usually Edinburgh would be the end of the It would track. be the end, yeah, right. the crescendo. And you do the whole track and then yeah, you yeah. get it prepared for Edinburgh yeah, yeah, and then you yeah. change it along the way and yeah, that's what a lot that's of people it. Yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, but it's expensive. It's like, who's, who, who's going to afford to like tour the world developing <laughs> like, all right. I know, here. right? You know, not doing anything else, but yeah, I know, it's crazy. Because it really does take all the time. The time, honestly, yeah. the time. That whole month of July, I was just full-time with it more than full-time but yeah anyway um that was just me in my experience but yeah like the 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 joy of just kind of doing those things that yeah. I love like you said for your don't do it don't do it do it show 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I'm sure in, in no way near like the depth or profundity that, that you've done it, because obviously that's a very much sort of self-exposition thing that would be the psychomagic of your show and I, I want to see it I mean I, yeah. I, I feel like I just you know I'm forward talking about it without having seen it but like from what you've yeah. encapsulated I really feel like wow that resonates and um, yeah there's so much work that goes into that and uh, yeah yeah I just wanted to share about that little show I did Great. And, yeah it's uh, certainly a learning experience yeah and it takes a lot to, yeah. to do it's really a lot. Um, yeah. So where? So when is your show? Do we do we have a date? Uh, no, there's no dates. I have a meeting tomorrow at a theater. Okay. But um, that I'm considering Great. doing stuff. But yeah, like right now, my focus is on my students and uh, developing a more intensive training program for people who want to study extensively in clown. Mm-hmm. and students of my old students that want to go deeper fabulous so like that's my main focus right now mm. but uh and also finding a, a deciding where i want to live in what mm-hmm. country uh-huh. <laughs> what city yeah <laughs> all the big questions for a minute. so yeah definitely on the shelf of questions <laughs> There's one about my show, and probably at the end of October, um, end of November, will be when I'll when I'll do the show next. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. For sure. Like I won't be waiting longer than. No. Than Because I, I want to see it as soon as possible. I think it's gonna make a lot of things clearer for me, and I want to invite people as well. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So, do keep me us them posted yes about it sure i will do yeah you will please mm-hmm. um yeah kolorowski gonna have to look up him him up more and, and get that de- delve into that um yeah so if anyone's listening to this and they don't know who that is that's uh alejandro jodorowsky and it's j-o-d-e-r-o-w-s-k-y and he's uh, Argentinian. Chilean. Chilean. He's Thank Chilean. You. He's not Argentinian. He grew up all. in Mexico. He's Chilean. And he now lives there in you France. Go. And he's a writer, a filmmaker, poet. He trained with Marcel Marceau. Ah. He's a puppeteer, a mask, a mask oh, artist. Wow. Um, and above all, he coined the term psychomagic which is working within performance and ritual uh, to create healing for our lives, understanding for our lives through performance and theater. Mm. And yeah, definitely look him up. He is, I'm a huge fan, massive fan of his mm. work. He's now, in, I believe he's in his late 80s, early 90s. Really? Yeah. Because his son does similar work, doesn't he? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've just come across his son doing workshops yeah. in, in Spain. Um, yeah, yes, his son must be quite <laughs> quite old as well. If he's eight in his eighties, yeah, that's that's amazing. He's still going off and doing that. Yeah. Oh, tell me about the life coaching. Uh yeah, so uh, last year I did my master practitioner in neurolinguistic programming. Yeah. And the year before that was my practitioner. And so this was just to add another tool to my belt, and I'm also collaborating with 
Ben Graspi, who's um, he's kind of he runs NLP uh, Bristol. Okay. So we're designing a program called uh, neurolinguistic clowning, which oh, is right. combining the two worlds. Oh wow! And we've done a couple. We ran a retreat last year. Oh yeah. Um, and we've done a couple day long workshops. We're looking to do day long, two day long workshops, and also in corporate business. Oh, wow, area, brilliant. Uh, areas. And um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I do life coaching. I'm really, I, it's like after sorting out so many ex-partners' lives, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> basically, truth be told, uh-huh. um, yeah, I'm definitely like a, an ideas make it happen kind mm. of person, so I encourage people to follow through with, mm. with making their dreams happen into reality. Mm. And so now just with NLP and with other um, inspirations, things uh, under my belt in the way of wellness. Mm. Yeah. And now just do one-on-one work, mm-hmm. encouraging people to understand their limiting belief systems mm, work brilliant. through them brilliant um, such necessary work <laughs> take the steps that they want to get closer to living the life that they want mm. um not just talking about it yeah and uh yeah so that's a thing that i do i involve clowning sometimes in the work sometimes not depends what the person wants but yeah mm. but this is all just happening now yeah. so it's all um yeah just another string yeah. to my bow yeah fabulous um so question for you do yeah. you believe in god no uh um not god as in this male <laughs> human body human yeah. that lives in the sky that looks like father christmas <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't believe in Father Christmas in the sky. Like in the, the, sun, um, the Sunday school books. Who speaks about, like about that? The Bible, yeah. Yeah, I don't really... That's not... Uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess I believe in energy, in God and all things, in oneness mm, and yeah. connection to all things. I mm. believe in a higher, a higher spirit, a higher us, a, mm-hmm. a higher unity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I believe in something beyond... Definitely, yeah, and that's what I would call it. Probably the mystery beyond. Mm. Yeah, I believe in the clown gods. <laughs> Me too. For sure. Me too. And yeah. Hmm. Do you have any major regrets? Major regrets? Mm, no, because I'm one to believe that I am who I am, and I live how I live because of everything that I've ever experienced. And mm. everything that I've done and lived and went through in my life so um, Mm. yeah I think sometimes I question I wonder I'm curious about if I'd gone down a different route if I'd taken Mm. a different path at Mm. some point where would I be now Mm. but I think ultimately yeah I, I loved this weird little path that I've created for myself and mm. can imagine it being anything other than how it is keeps me entertained <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I don't know I don't really I don't really believe in regrets mm. really great 
Yeah, I hear you. I don't really feel like I... Like, if I died tomorrow, that's all right. Mm. If I died in yeah. two hours, great. Like, not great, but, you know, mm. did, I, did, <laughs> I did my time. Yeah. I lived my seven lives, for sure. Mm. <laughs> Maybe more mm-hmm. in this little lifetime. Um, mm. Yeah. So, um, how would you define, personally, creativity? Uh, ooh. Creativity, gosh, that's a question. Wow, way to bring out all these big questions now. At the very end, <laughs> our, our listeners have fallen asleep. And <laughs> no, they haven't. They're still going. I'm sure they're wide awake, um, hanging on the enema. We the lost them at the enema. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and yeah. Anyway, yeah, creativity. Uh, huh. I think. I don't know. How do you? How does anyone define creativity? Uh, expressions of the self mm-hmm. in a multitude of of experiences, of expressions, of ways of being, of... Yeah, it's like I feel like, yeah, your creativity is an outward expression of you, mm. of the way you think, of what you believe, of who you are, of mm. what you love, of what you aspire to, of what you hate. It's an expression of what, it's whatever needs to be expressed to be seen. And then there's infinite modes of expressing said things Mm. through performance or art, visual art or music. And so I think it's like the vessel. It's the coined term for outward expressions of your life. Mm. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what the real definition of creativity Who is. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. That's your definition. That's, That's what I'm interested in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I asked you. Oh, right. <laughs> um, uh, I'm curious. Do you have any morning rituals? Yeah, but like when usually, yeah, when I have more of a base, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what do they do? Lately, like? I've been traveling so much, it's not really happened so much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, usually I would write my dreams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so usually, I, yeah, yeah, I'm all about um, lucid dreaming. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, usually, and I think you get so much, there's so much that feeds my creativity from my dreams. Mm. You know, so many stories, ideas for films, movies, sketches. Oh, wow performances Mm. everything comes from dreams for me so um yeah i don't know i write down my dreams and then i'll kind of like roll onto the floor and start stretching and then i do a practice where i listen to what today needs like what my body needs today Mm -hmm. so sometimes that'll be stretching sometimes yoga and sometimes it's an embodied dance practice Mm. that I do where I'll play a song and then I'll act I'll move my body as though um as though my blood is the music and so it's kind of similar to Bhutto it's kind of similar to like neutral mask if we've experienced that where you Mm. just lose the self and you allow the music to guide your movement your Mm -hmm. body Mm -hmm. 
uh, and that is usually the thing that my body wants most. So yeah, when I'm in a regular practice, I do that daily. Mm. I do that every day, at least one song. Um, yeah, and then if my head is a little bit mm. more like instructional, then I'll do yoga because I mm. feel like yoga is a bit more like if it's if I'm like I want structure then I'll go do yoga. Mm. If I want like open, fluid, intuitive um, something, then I'll do my embodied dance practice. Mm. Yeah. Make my day. Mm. Make days. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great. Sounds good. And do you have a favorite book? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would probably actually, well, yeah, I would say Psychomagic is mm-hmm. definitely a favorite, a definite mm-hmm. favorite book of mine. Um, I also would say Free Play and Life in the Arts by Stephen Nekmanovich. Oh, yeah. Is also a brilliant book. Uh, free Play and Life in, in the Arts. Free Play in Life and the Arts. Ah, Free Play in Life and the Arts. Yeah, and he's, yeah, it's a brilliant book about improvisational play. Um yeah and then i'm also i'm reading my brother's book right now that i'm adoring oh really yeah and it's not published yet oh <laughs> but it's called the cleric and red and for sure it will be published because mm. it's brilliant and it's a oh, wow. fantasy fiction oh wow yeah it's so good it's mm. great the cleric I'm a and bit red obsessed i spent like four hours reading it yesterday really yeah you know it's a good book when you're like yeah you, when you're like, I'm going to read, I don't want to stop reading for four hours. Yeah, totally. You know? Engrossed. Or take a break. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It was good. Ooh. Um, yeah. Great. So. Mm. Uh, favorite film? Ooh. I don't know. Uh, well, again, I would say currently it's Endless Poetry by Alejandro Jodorowsky. His latest. Yeah, and your T-shirt says <laughs> endless. Mm. So yeah, endless, yeah, endless but... poetry. Um, I love this film. I've never been able to sit through the whole thing in one go because oh, yeah? it's over two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, and I always end up falling asleep at some point. <laughs> but the the, that the so dedication. <laughs> no, but it's because it's so, it's so long. Right. Right. Um. But it's and just full like, probably of it's full. so full. Yeah. It's like you you've got to be attentive watcher. Yeah. You know, you can't it's can't just have it on in the background. You, you really need to give it your life force. Yeah. 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 So I love it. And I want, I've watched it so many times mm. now. Just because every scene is artistically brilliant. It's genius. It's like every scene there's been so much thought and care and Mm. devotion to the work to art you know Mm. in every scene it's just and the performances are beautiful it's just the whole film the story of the film it's a journey it's a massive journey Mm. Uh, uh, yeah i love it um yeah yeah i'm trying to think i've seen some other really brilliant films but i can't I can't think of them at the minute. That's okay. That's fine. Um, Okay. Kind of a curveball question for you. Do you have 
any ESP. What? Extrasensory perceptions. Extrasensory perceptions? Yeah. Uh, I don't, what do you mean by extrasense? Like, uh, are you... A channeler. Yeah, or uh, yeah. claircognizant, or clairaudient, or clairvoyant in any way, or have you noticed anything like that? Yeah, or... I mean, this I feel like is like a whole other podcast now. <laughs> like, well, this, this question is not like, this question isn't like, oh, what's your favorite book? It's like, <laughs> this is a, its own podcast. Yeah. Um... And I'm almost scared to answer it because it will become a whole podcast in itself. But, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, a channeler, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into the whole thing. I don't want to get into it all now. It's just like, it's going to take a lot of energy. That's okay. That's okay. But yes, no, definitely. Um, I'm a channeler. I see past lives of experience. I can experience other beings, other entities mm-hmm. come through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, any, if any of the listeners have that, you're not the only one. I live in many, yeah. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> not the only one. Yeah. There are many of us out there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Who can speak between the worlds beyond channel. Mm what's coming through yeah. um yeah brilliant yeah gifted gifted on many levels yeah definitely yeah yeah i and did a post about behind those yeah i did a post about that recently mm. about my own stuff and uh very self-revealing and felt very vulnerable to to talk about that yeah so that's it is quite him. yeah it is it is um yeah and also i feel like it's just like massive you know it just opens up so many doors and yeah. questions and yeah. criticism yeah. and judgments Absolutely. and oh yeah um yeah and so i've always been quite delicate around i'm like there are books you know there are books in these and there are books out there of people Oh yeah, totally. With similar experiences. Yeah. And... But you know, also we're in an age now, a shift, an awakening, mm. where this is becoming more acceptable, and this is also why I'm asking the question as well. Yeah, right. To 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 get it out there and say, you know, legitimize it more, and just go look. You know, it's not. Yeah. Just some weird tarot readers like who advertise online. You know, whatever is like. There are so many of us who have these perceptions, mm. and they're real. And uh, yeah, they've been um, delegitimized yeah. uh, by by certain you know things happening in the past. You know, like namely witch hunts, for example. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. The, you know the church and that whole dynamic. And uh, I've talked to a lot of people recently about this, and mm. uh, someone actually contacted me due to my post and mm. asked me, "Would you like to be?" part of this ancestral healing program I'm doing and talk about your experiences because I definitely felt like the <clears throat> my gifts that I have that I've been banished mm. like and there's a fear there's a, a fear and that many of us who have inclinations in that way and of which there are millions and millions and millions and millions of us mm-hmm. in the world yeah millions and millions and millions and millions I will repeat that also have this conditioning which is it's don't share it don't tell people because you will be persecuted 
And um, and there is persecution still. Happening. Yeah, there is persecution yeah. and ridicule. It's like you, men- you mentioned something to someone, mm-hmm. people laugh or think you're woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous that you're not someone to... Yeah, a responsible... I know, there's so many... Intellectual... Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, this is a... But this is impossible. It's impossible yeah. that, you, that you have these. You've lost your mind. Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. It's not rational. Yeah. Um, and 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 that whole scientific rationalism thing, you know, um, scientism as David Wolf calls it, and others, I'm sure, mm. um, who I'm interviewing tomorrow, by the way. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is um, it's a cult, as well. Like, the rational scientific scientism is a cult. Yeah. Right. And it's also about understanding that, you know, in our reality, that that is a cult and it's a certain belief system, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I don't choose to subscribe to it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, give me data, give me science, give me data, give me, you know, mm-hmm. studies, give me data. Yeah, of course, that's great. Um, but the whole personality and the, the theories that then get propounded about what is possible and what isn't possible, um, I don't choose to subscribe to that anymore. Yeah. Well, I understand that it's like you don't believe it unless you live it. You know, like for totally. me, and for me that's my me. way. Yeah. It's like I'm a total skeptic. I'm a massive skeptic <laughs> until I physically experience something. Yeah. You know, until I've experienced the powers of whatever, you know, and I've been a skeptic my whole life. Um, yeah, just because, you know, like we were talking before about you have to question things. Yeah. If you're someone who enjoys questioning, who wants to dissect it and understand really what's at the bottom of it, then you're a skeptic, Mm. you know? So, uh, like I definitely, I love questions. I love questioning things. I love challenging things. Mm. So I'm a skeptic totally. And then I've also experienced some things that are so much more powerful than any book telling me not to believe it or condone, mm. you know, it. that now I'm like, well, if I fully experience it, then, yeah, then mm. it, like, I'm totally 100% on board. And now I've just had way too many experiences, mm. you know, of communicating with the beyond, of, mm. of like, testing the limits, challenging the limits of possibility mm. the realms of possibility of what mm. is alive in this you know paradigm mm. babylon mm. um yeah that i've just been proven way too many times yeah through to, direct experience right? yeah through yeah. absolute direct experience so i'm like i guess now i'm like encouraging skeptics like myself that if you spend all of your time questioning the relevance or the the experience of these things and not being open to actually physically experiencing them for yourself mm. then they will never happen like you're just going to be in a world full of ideas constant ideas yeah. yeah and never fully embracing all of what you could experience yeah. in this lifetime so if there's a way of like questioning where we can also stay open to the possibilities, to the mm. wonderment of, you know, the impossible, mm. um, then we'll find that a lot more things are possible than impossible. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's like my two cents. Yeah. About it all. I love it. And like, yeah, and I also totally get these the skeptics because I also have my inner critic skeptic acting all the time. Mm. You know, mm. like really, is this true? Is this really <laughs> what's happening right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And me, me the same as well. So I'm really glad that you mentioned about the skeptic, um, being skeptical because I started out completely skeptical, yeah. but also fascinated as well, but skeptical because I hadn't experienced it. So mm-hmm. it's all just ideas and fluff until I started having direct experiences, my own personal experiences. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. all this stuff is real. Oh my God, it all is true, you know. <laughs> it's just like wow it's such a shift it's such a perceptual kind of breakthrough yeah. when it starts happening to you and just like oh my god right okay so stepping into a different universe really well I think this is why they're so scared of like you know us and psychedelics mm, well, Humans psychedelics, psychedelics. Is big one, it's big like one. this is the big fear around psychedelics is like because we experience the woo-woo in its entirety and its reality. Mm. But then, when, you know, once you... That, then you start experiencing all these things outside of psychedelics completely sober, you know, mm. in, a, in a fast, in a, in a, you know, drinking water for a day or yeah. whatever. We start, or doing it an enema. We start yeah. experiencing all of these things beyond... Um, it's a doorway being opened, isn't and, it? And yeah, I'd say like psychedelics is just like an easy gateway in. Yeah. Yeah. But it goes away. Yeah, it goes away. <laughs> yeah. But that we all, but we always have that power to. Yeah. Give to us connect. A yeah. 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 All the time. Yeah. 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 Many gifts on many levels. So well, um, I guess closing thoughts are, yeah. So how. Um, how can people, you know, follow you, get your news and latest content and what you're up to? The best way is to uh, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So uh, Facebook, it's Clown Life, one word. Yeah. Clown Life, look up Clown Life. Um, like, like the page. You can maybe join the group. Actually, don't, but you can find it. Clown Space Life. That's for participants of my course. So once you've done a workshop, then you can join that group. And then there's kind of consistent work happening there. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, great. Yeah. And then uh, me, Zuma Puma, on Facebook, you can follow that. Mm-hmm. Me, my life and times. Instagram, ZumaPuma.ClownLife. That's on Instagram, your yeah. username. Yeah. ZumaPuma.ClownLife. That's yeah. right. And zumapuma.clownlife um, and clownlife.global is my business Instagram. Oh, okay. Where it's just about workshops. Okay. Um, zumapuma.clownlife. It shows workshops, me, my life, and times mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then um, my website, which is clownlife.org. Right. Dot O-R-G. Clownlife.org. <laughs> You're a great commercial for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, but like get in touch. You know, I'm constantly posting things. Azuma Puma is also an artist page on Facebook as well. 
Um, that's okay. where I post shows. I also post workshops there. Mm-hmm. And I'll post videos that I'm doing, films, mm-hmm. constant funny things, anything inspiring that mm-hmm. has to do with consciousness, uh, awareness, mindfulness. Um, yeah, I post things all the time around in, in, that are inspired by clown life, um, authenticity, vulnerability, a hayoka, mm. anything, yeah, that has to do with this world of curiosities and posting. So definitely follow me in all of these little ways. Mm, I'm um, so I'm so on that right now. I'm gonna yeah. follow you in all these different platforms. Yeah, you'll get loads of articles, yeah, gimme, gimme. sketches, everything. Yeah. 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 Totally sort of um I was gonna say troll you, that's really the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't troll me. Only uh, if you're not gonna be a troll. No, no, joking, joking. No, total fan. Um yeah, so Stalk me. We'll stalk, stalk you, but, kind of stalk which you. Which is also a little bit creepy. Yeah, it's totally creepy, yeah, but it's the comedy when element. When it's a friend. It's <laughs> comedy element. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, do you have a website? Yeah, it's clownlife.org. O-R-G. Oh, yeah, good. I just yeah, asked yeah. you that. Yeah, yeah clownlife.org. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I was just testing you to see if you're still on the ball. Yeah. At the end of, end of the conversation, I'm just, just testing you. I'd say Facebook is my main. Yeah. My main way of okay. going about things. Just because it's an easy platform to put up the, everything. From videos mm. to articles to podcasts, everything. Mm. Wow. So, okay. Great. Yeah. Lovely. Um, any workshops? And I, have a, I have a mailing list. Oh, yeah. You've got a mailing list. Yeah, you can, that, you can, yeah. Uh, that you can join through my website. If you go to the contact section of my website, yeah. then you can join my mailing list there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, easy. Easy. Uh, any workshops coming up? Yes, loads in October, November. We'll right. My next ones, I'll have one in Berlin. Um, then, yeah, a, a number of ones in London. And Great. then also Bristol, potentially Devon. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, I'll be doing maybe also uh, Broome. But, yeah, little tour of spaces. Right. Um, but definitely in London, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, advanced intensives for performers, and then also ones for everyone. Open open calls. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah, but sort of yeah, the mm-hmm. open ones, and then the, yeah, great. And shows coming up as well. Yeah. So yeah, if you follow all the things, then you'll find out about everything. Yeah. There you go, guys. You can uh, tune in to Zuma on the on Facebook. <laughs> particularly I think yeah um, find out about her shows and workshops that's right so well thank you so much for coming on the podcast oh thanks Jody. yeah thanks real, for real, having me oh you're absolutely welcome it's been a real pleasure honestly yeah I think there's some interesting really interesting topics yeah really to dove into absolutely I'm so excited to listen back to it now and just yeah. go oh yeah that and oh yeah that which I find myself doing with every oh, well most podcasts now but particularly this one I'm going to be like oh yeah the Hayoka and you know drill, drill down into that probably send you some questions or something or have you yeah well if you look on the clown life page i've been posting articles and some videos on this oh right great okay so yeah if you just follow me i constantly am feeding out things like this fabulous more information yeah by the real scholars 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a researcher. I'm just an embodied researcher. Yeah. Well, you are an embodied researcher. Yeah, I am an yeah. embodied researcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah, so thank you so much for coming and, and sharing. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting this out there. Great. So can, people can hear about your wonderfulness. Ah. Thanks. <laughs> Gee, mm. thanks. Gee. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're a listener, don't be a lurker. Be a subscriber. <laughs> Uh, in, you know engage and um, get involved and, and yes you know comment and share it on your social media how about that that would be amazing yeah share the love you know sharing is caring now if you're listening to this podcast on apple podcasts or itunes i do have a little favor to ask and that is if you could please review and rate the podcast um, it does help with the algorithm in apple to show it to more people. I also think you could get a lot out of following me on Instagram. Uh, it's Flowing Ninja. That's the username for the account, which is for the podcast Flow Ninja and uh, coaching and mentoring. And yes, the other thing that you may be interested in is my free downloadable PDF top 10 secrets to hacking your flow, stepping into your power and thriving at life. And you can get that at go.flowninja.co. That's go.flowninja.co. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. Um, we are now available on Apple Podcasts as well as all other good podcasting platforms. Also, I forgot to mention another great reason for downloading the PDF is that you get to be on my email list, the Flow Ninja email list, so you get all the latest updates regarding new podcast editions, episodes, and uh, YouTube videos I'm putting out there, as well as my news and views on life and everything. So please do subscribe. You may or may not be aware that I also have a YouTube channel for Flow Ninja and you are very welcome to subscribe and these videos are a bit different to the podcast but equally fascinating. That's just Flow Ninja uh, on YouTube. The link is should be in the description of the podcast. Um, I, it's a fledgling channel, so I don't have one of these vanity URLs. Um, so it's just a jumble of uh, letters at, after youtube.com. The format's a little bit different to the podcast. I'm making videos about my insights into reality, life, uh, human nature, uh, psychology, that kind of thing. And yeah, I invite you to subscribe, uh, like the videos if they resonate, and comment your thoughts and feedback. That would be wonderful. So thanks again for listening to this podcast and see you in the next episode.
Hey guys, so please support this podcast and my YouTube by donating on Patreon. Every little help, big and small, is a massive support for me to continue making videos and yeah, get the word out there, get my story and my message out there. So I much appreciate any help you can give. The link for my Patreon is in the show notes. So uh, I look forward to <laughs> um, making more stuff, more content for you. Thank you. And the link is patreon.com forward slash flow ninja. Simple as that. Thank you so much.